When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome back, fight fans, to the big fight preview for Amir Khan versus Kel Brook. And I'm delighted, again, to be joined for a second time in the week, all the way from the US of A. Lukey, at Lukey Boxing, from ITR Boxing. Thank you again, as always, for coming on to talk about Khan versus Brook. I love being on. What more can we say? That's it. That's a great way. Great way to get it introduced. And this is a big fight, Lukey. This is a fight. 10 years in the making, that's what they keep saying on Sky Sports here in the UK. They keep saying this fight should have been made 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 2 years ago, whatever they want to say about this fight. But it's a fight that's finally happening, yes, both of them at the back ends of the careers. And I suppose today for this episode, we just really want to go briefly into sort of where these guys are both at at the moment and, and also how this fight plays out and what happens for for both of them, really, in the aftermath of this. So I'm really interested to find out from you, first and foremost, Luke, like, where do you see both guys at this moment in time? Where do you see Khan and where do you see Brooke in terms of their careers now and, and the legacies that they've already made for themselves? Well, I think this is the end, right? Like the Doors song, This is the End, My Only Friend. This is the end of the career for both Kel Brook and Amir Khan. Now, it feels weird to me because kind of like, Lennox Lewis and maybe like a Mike Tyson where I don't always think of Amir Khan and Kel Brook as in the same era though they were always compared I think of Amir Khan as kind of a little before Kel Brook and he was like the next guy that was going to be a superstar got derailed by Danny Garcia and then Kel Brook had that great chance to be kind of a British boxing superstar and took the Golovkin fight kind of foolhardily And I think that the fight comes down to basically both guys think the other guy is more washed up. So they're doing it. 
<laughs> yeah, and that that is pretty much it in a nutshell. Both guys think that they're both done, or each other's done, should I say, and they're both taking the opportunity with a promotional company that's come along and said, here you go, Amir, here you go, Kel, here's X amount of pounds to, to get in the ring and finally get this fight on. And, and obviously, as a promotional company, you know, they're quids in because they get to put this out on, on UK national telly. Uh, well, it's on UK Sky Sports, but for, for everybody across the world, it's still a it's still an intriguing fight, no matter how far past the primes they are. Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson, no, I know they were completely on a different level to these two guys, but people still watched that fight in 2002. People were still intrigued for that fight, even though it was, what, five, six years after its sell-by date. People still wanted to see it. But it is... It, for me, it boils down to who who has got something left in the tank. And we'll, we'll obviously explore that as we go through the course of this episode. But I think for me, I wanted to look at both guys' recent careers, really, and sort of look at where they're both at. And I think for, for Amir Khan in particular, I think he's looked a little bit fresher than Kel Brook in his last few performances. Yes, okay, he lost to Terence Crawford, but so did Kel Brook as well. That's another mutual opponent they've got there where they've both struggled against him, and that just shows you how good of a fighter Terence Crawford is when he can dispatch of, of these two former world champions with, with such ease. So that, 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 to me, taught me how good Crawford was at, at this point. Not that I didn't think he was good already. I always thought he was a great fighter, but it taught me a lot more about Terence Crawford, uh, the way he beat both of them fighters. But both of these fighters have been on decline for a good few years now. Kell Brook's been the biggest concern for me, Luke, with that Golovkin fight seemingly taking a piece of his soul out of him, taking everything from him. I've always maintained that he shouldn't have got in the ring with him. He really shouldn't have took that chance. And no amount of payday really should have tempted him to to do that. And Eddie Hearn, with his with his selling tactics, he sold that to Brooke. He needed someone to step up. And he obviously sold that to Brooke at the time. But it was one of the biggest mistakes I've seen in recent memory for a boxer getting in the ring with another opponent. I mean, you have to put it down as a career misstep up there with Adrian Broner. Marcus Maidana would probably be the most equivalent where it's like you literally look at a fight and then the, the guy is never the same guy after that fight. Maybe another comparison would be Zabdu to Costazu. Like that's another comparison. But I mean, Kelbrook took damage to his eye that was never the same. He got, he got beaten, damaged. And Amir Khan at the same point, he took tough fights, but he kind of made a lot of money, took a lot of time off. And I think the interesting thing is, though these careers have kind of run parallel at different times, they both, in an era where they were solid welterweights, moved up to middleweight to fight guys that inevitably fought each other in Amir Khan fought Canelo and Kell Brook fought Gennady Golovkin. Kind of strange that they actually mirrored each other in a career projection. I just worry about Kell Brook's camp because when I'm looking at the training footage, I'm seeing Terrence Crawford actually around Amir Khan, Bomac, a real team that has other fighters. Kell Brook... I'm seeing a lot of isolation, a lot of him by himself, and I'm seeing a lot of emotion that he's fighting because he wants to beat Khan. Khan looks like he's removed emotion. I feel like Kelbrook is not just fighting Amir Khan. He's also fighting himself going into the ring. That's a very good and valid point. And I think 
anybody can kind of see from the outside that Kell Brook's the more emotional here. You can tell he's emotionally invested massively into this fight. But Ami Khan just seems to be taking everything in his stride. He seems to be doing anything he can to get under the skin of Kell Brook. And it seems to be working. He seems to be winding him up rotten. And I think that will play into Khan's favour on fight night. And I think what is more interesting about this fight now is, I know we complain about the fact it should have happened five years ago, but does it make it more of an exciting fight now, now that these guys' skills have declined a little bit more and now they're more likely to, to stand and trade a little bit more as opposed to trying to use all that lateral movement around the ring? I, I honestly think this actually will be exceeding expectations for what people think this might go down as because of the fact that both of these guys skill levels have declined because they've took a lot of time off they've had injuries there's been issues outside of the ring it's obvious that both of these guys are in it for a big paycheck brooke seems to be more in it for bragging rights than than anything but for khan it's just like another huge payday before he finally calls time on his career so what, what do you make of that in, in terms of because of where they are in the careers, where, where the sort of evident decline is, does it make it a more exciting fight than maybe what we would have got in the prime? I mean, I, it's hard to say in terms of that. What I would say is boxing to me at this point, it, I either want entertainment or I want sport. And this really fills the quota for me for entertainment. There's a grudge match. There's a story. There's a narrative. There's actual dislike between the two. And I think that reputation for who was the best welterweight in Britain during this era is on the line for this fight. Literally, we hear the word bragging rights in fighting in fights. And I think this fight literally has the title of bragging rights rightly put on it. And I'm very interested just to see if there's a rematch, because I don't see either guy stopping the other at this point in their career. And I think realistically, we could be looking at a fun old guy trilogy here. And that is something that has been mentioned before in the build-up to this fight. The fact that there is a rematch clause in it. And now I know rematch clauses are pretty standard these days, like with a lot of contracts. But is there a specific reason why they've done this? Is Do they feel like maybe they could get another fight out of this, dependent upon how it goes? I, I am genuinely interested to see it now. As fight weeks here... And I'm starting to see all the the, the, the build-up and the, the public workout was today as we record this. And obviously we've then got the final press conference and then the weigh-in. As, as the week's going on, I am genuinely intrigued as to how this will go down. And I'm really interested to see how the fight plays out. Now, like if you're Amir Khan at this point of your career, what, what do you do to beat Kell Brook? Do you just go back to what you used to do as a fighter, you use that speed, that elusiveness, uh, and that willingness to trade at times, or do you fight a completely different fight against Kelbrook? How, how do you see Khan approaching this, or what would you ideally expect to see from Khan? I think the benefit Khan has is literally the team he's training with. One of their fights that they just practiced for was Terrence Crawford, and before they, or not Terrence Crawford, Kelbrook, and before they had trained for Kelbrook, they had trained to fight Amir Khan so they knew a lot about him before he came to the gym and they knew a lot about Kel Brook I think that what you're going to see is Amir Khan probably using hand speed to dictate the fight but I think he has to be careful in how much he moves because when Amir Khan has gotten in trouble in fights is when he's moving excessively and then he has severe dumps 
in the fight. I think a fight that I think would be ideal for him to try to replicate would be when he fought Devin Alexander or Louis Colazzo. When he had those type of styles, that would be probably a path to victory. For me, Kel Brook, at this point, athletically, I don't think he has a ton left. I think he has to just really look to impose physical power and toughness on Khan and hope that Khan just can't withstand the brute force. Kell Brook's always been known for his timing in, in his fights, and that's one of the, the qualities about him as a fighter. And if that timing is there and it's still there, which I do believe it is, and that little bit of a pop is there as well, we know Khan can be hurt. We've seen him multiple times be hurt in multiple different fights. I'm betting on the fact that they're looking to catch him at a vulnerable point of the fight. I don't think Kelbrook's going to come into this. Even though he is overly emotionally invested, uh, I don't think in the early stages of the fight, I don't think we'll, we'll see that from him. I, 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 if anything, I think we'll see that in the latter stages of the fight. If maybe if Khan does dictate the pace a little bit, and as the fight goes on, he, he realises he's behind on the cards maybe, and maybe that's when we'll see him getting a little bit desperate. But I think early on in the fight, Kelbrook's going to try and, and use counter-attacking to, to be able to hurt Khan, you know, time the punches, time the hooks as Khan's coming in with his speed. It is going to be a battle of speed because... Khan has always had the speed over Kell Brook, but Kell Brook has always had that timing. And it's all, that, that's the battle that always everyone has talked about with these two. But obviously with them declining slightly, how much will that make a difference in this particular fight? I mean, for me, Kell Brook, Luke, yeah, I think he, he has to... I think he has to try and take centre ring, if I'm being totally honest. I don't, I don't want to see him on the back foot laterally moving all the way around the ring all the way through the fight i actually want to see him try and come to center ring and, and try himself to dictate the pace and i think that's what would make it a more interesting fight god knows what's going to happen in this fight but in terms of how we see this playing out you already alluded to the fact that you don't think these two guys would stop either one in this fight so i'm assuming that you're going to go for a, a points decision but who do you think is going to take that well, let's let's just rewind a little bit and I'll get to my decision making is that I think the consensus is most people feel that Kell Brook was the better fighter prime for prime. When Kell Brook was in his prime, he was a more difficult fighter. He was the type of fighter that seemingly gave Amir Khan issues. If you look at Danny Garcia, if you look at the guys that gave Khan issues, it were guys that could time a shot and that were physically strong. That being said, if we think like that and we think that Khan may have prolonged this fight, and one thing we know about Khan is tremendous businessman. He's made a lot of money off of his career, and he's a big thinker. He's one of the best thinkers in boxing. I think Khan's going to win this fight because I think Khan sees something in Brook, and he knows that this is the right time to fight him. Well, my prediction is eerily similar I, I do think Khan wins this fight I do think uh, I actually think it's going to be a late stoppage for Amir Khan if I'm being totally honest I kind of already laid out the plan of what I think Khan's going to do I think he, he is going to he is going to use early hand speed and lateral movement to try and frustrate Kell Brook and I think he's going to pick up some early rounds in the fight but I think as the fight goes on I think Kell Brook is going to get overly emotional in the fight because he might become frustrated and then I honestly see him getting hurt by Amir Khan, not so much because of power, but more so because of the accumulation of punches. I mean, Khan, when he gets into it, can be a real great finisher. We know that he's got the hand speed for it. You know, if he gets in there and he hurts Brook with one shot and he can go in and get 
5, 10, 15 unanswered punches, the referee's going to jump in and stop this fight. Even if Kell Brook isn't as hurt as what it looks, because there's not much pop in him, because he's not answering the call not and not throwing anything back, it's, it's quite possible that the referee of this fight will just step in and try and save Kell Brook. But I do see can't stop him late. I mean, I mean, and I've looked on social media today, and I've seen a lot of people going for for Kell Brook on his timing, uh, and he'll be able to catch Khan as he's coming in with that speed. I am interested to see, and I think people do think it's more of a 50-50 now than probably what it ever was, for the sole fact is that these two guys are not in the prime anymore, and it's quite easy for them to, to, to make more mistakes, and they don't look as good as what they once did so I think that's why people are a bit more on the fence about it than maybe what they was five six years ago when when it was quite clear that I think Kelbrook was a little bit further ahead in terms of where he was at he was fresher he was younger he was hungrier um, but Khan's resume has always been unparalleled compared to to Kelbrook's and, and, and experience may play a factor on the night but I am still sticking with Khan Khan is my prediction I do think he stops him late I'm saying between rounds 9 to 12 I think the the back end of the fight is when we're going to see the greatest action uh, and I'm really excited for it Luca I am I think it's a I think it's a great fight uh, there is a couple of fights on this card that if I'm telling the US audience and the Canadian audience that are listening to look for the chief support to this one is Natasha Jonas and Chris Namus and Natasha Jonas, for, for us fight fans, has been uh, a great Olympian, a uh, great Olympian of that 2012 team who had fights with Katie Taylor and Terry Harper and was supposed to be fighting a, a, a previous opponent for it who, who pulled you, out. You uh, something, I can't pronounce her last yep. name, it starts with a B. Yep, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't pronounce it either. I'm not even going to try and insult the uh, and insult the former opponent. But she's fighting Chris Namus now for the vacant WBO World Female Super Welterweight Title. This is her last shot. As a as a Jonas fan myself, seeing her career, having met her, having interviewed her, having having had a lot of time around her over the last five six years. I genuinely want to see her win this fight, and I think this is the best opportunity she will ever get to become a world champion. And at 35, 36 years old, if she was to win this title, I genuinely think she'd retire straight after it because I don't think there'd be any reason for Natasha to carry on boxing after this because she's essentially fulfilled her potential. Yeah, I mean, uh, looking at this card, like Tasha Jonas, one strange thing looking at this, she fought Katie Taylor at 135. She fights at 140 in her last fight. Now she's at 154 pounds fighting for a world title. Opponent pulls out and they're like, ah, it's okay. We'll just find you someone else to fight. Little strange, you know, a little strange when that happens. But it kind of feels like, like you said, she's going to get into broadcasting. Very likable person. They're probably going to be like, here you go. Now we can put world champion next to your title when you talk. And I think the other one that I'm looking at, well, I'm looking at two people on this card if you want me to throw out. Fraser Clark, been a big Fraser Clark guy, Olympic bronze medalist, a little bit older guy. He's going to have to get going. I feel like he's going to be a Tony Bellew type figure in UK boxing. And what I mean like that is like a pundit, a guy who, if he wins a big fight, buys the whole bar a beer. Like he's going to be a very likable guy. And then the other one I'm looking at is Vidal Riley. Uh, Vidal Riley, cruiserweight, social media influencer from KSI. Don't discount the chance of him building up a buzz and possibly having Jake Paul come to the UK at some point if there could be some crossover. Speaking of Tony Value, there's a lot of rumors of him 
back in shape because he's looking back in shape on social media and he posted a picture of uh, what looks like a new pair of boxing shorts only a couple of days ago. There's uh, strong rumours going around that he is actually going to fight Logan Paul in an exhibition, uh, which would be really interesting if that happens. I mean, Tony Bellio, he's a guy that I suppose overachieved in his career. I've always looked at him as a bit of an overachiever. Uh, He was a great boxer, but for me, he was never that great to go on to win a world title but he did when he beat Makabu uh, and then obviously he had that, that, that big fight with Usyk and, and, and lost but you know this is this whole sort of boxing YouTube crossover seems to be continuing and people like Tony Bellew are potentially coming out for an exhibition here uh, with this one but while we're on the subject Lukey of, of, of prospects and fighters on this card there's one particular fighter that I'm definitely going to tell you to look out for uh, is Bradley Ray Bradley Ray in the middleweight division 11-0 and 0. Uh, I've watched Bradley since he started his career I've interviewed him numerous amounts of times he's been on he's been on this podcast a few times in the past as well and you know what this is a guy that is going places uh, and he's doing really, really well. And, and I can't champion this fighter enough. I really do think within the next 18 months, this guy is going to be topping bills. He, he is so good. He's such a talented fighter in the middleweight division. Bradley Ray versus Felix Cash would be a great fight. We were talking about Felix Cash and future opponents for him. I know maybe Bradley Ray doesn't hold the same value and, you know, Felix is at a different stage of his career, but Bradley Ray, he could mix it with Felix Cash right now. He, he's he's totally ready for a step up. So if you are going to tune into anybody, tune into Bradley. Yeah, I also would like to throw out a name, Danny Dignam. So Danny Dignam might be a dancing partner as well. Yeah, Danny Dignam, I think, would probably be a good fight. I think that would be an evenly matched fight because they're both at the same points of the careers now as well. I think that would be a really good one. It's a, it's a good name to throw out there. Um, so... I'm going to hand this over to you now, and the reason I'm going to hand it over to you is because being from the USA and following all the the shows over there and following a lot more of the boxing than what I'm able to do, again, we did this on the uh, reaction show to Danny Jacobs, John Ryder. Uh, Any particular fights that are happening over the weekend that you want to bring to the attention of of our audience and any ones that we should be looking to either stay up late for here in the UK or get up early for? uh, Any particular fighters and fights that you want to mention? Well, I'm going to just throw to one fighter and it's in Mexico. It's not an American fighter, but I think just don't wake up or don't stay up for it, but wake up the next day and go on and see the zone on the YouTube channel and look up William Zapata. He signed to golden boy promotions. He's a Southpaw. He throws a ton of punches. And I think if all things break right, Robert, um, Robert Diaz of golden boy promotions does an amazing job building these fighters and he really builds them up in a great way. I think William Spada is a dark horse to be a world champion by the end of the year, especially if a guy or two vacates. He is a very big problem. He beat a good fighter, Hector Tananahara. He's fighting an undefeated fighter. I say watch William Spada. I think that very shortly he will be in the mix with all the people people are bringing up. Well, thanks for that, Luke. That's great. And and obviously, thanks for coming on for this big fight preview for Amir Khan versus Kel Brook. Uh, obviously, you've been a you've been a returning guest to the show on the darker side of the after show host. Uh, if everybody's not already following you and what you do, they can do that on ITR Boxing's YouTube channel, and they can find you at Lukey Boxing on Twitter as well. Uh, and for our fight fans listening, thank you for listening, and as always, and look forward to this Saturday's big fight, Amir Khan Kelbrook. Who's going to win it? Who's going to have them bragging rights of the best British welterweight of this last fifteen years? Well, we'll get to find out on Saturday, fight fans. A dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world.
Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.